Welcome to 49ers After Dark, and I just want to say I knew Jesse Naylor before he was famous. Hmm. I don't know if you guys have <laughs> been on Twitter the last few days, but Jesse Naylor broke the internet. He went viral in a way. I've never gone viral. I mean, he got like 20,000 likes on this on this tweet, and he pointed out how Trent Williams is definitely tipping plays. And the question really is, does it matter? The question is not whether he's tipping plays. He is. Jesse proved yeah. it. He did the homework. He gave you the evidence, and it's eye-popping but a lot of you know former players concurrent players uh friends contemporaries of Trent Williams had his back and said it's no big deal um well maybe maybe not uh what do you think Trent Williams tipping plays how is that impacting the offense in your opinion I have opinions yeah I here's the thing is there's no empirical evidence on this this is all opinion and i really obviously i have to respect when nfl players or ex-nfl players come into the conversation which by the way never expected that it would get this big and i'm happy that it did because at the very least i feel like a lot of people are learning a lot about a position that they probably wouldn't normally learn about and so i am appreciative of that i do disagree with them a little bit and just on this premise i don't think it's nothing and the reason that I don't think it's nothing is is really th- three reasons. I think it's very simple to just look at it and say, I highly doubt that any player or any coach wants the other team to know if they're running or passing. I think it's it's as simple as that. So I, I, like it's very basic, very elementary. Also, also, yeah. coaches are looking for those tails. And when they get them, they hold on to them like gold. They do. They do. And, and in all sports, what did that, what did we learn from the Houston yeah. Af- Astros? <laughs> yeah, they did they cheat to get those? I don't know. I don't watch baseball much. But that that's just What did we learn from the Patriots? Spygate. A- <laughs> You're looking for these things. You are. You are. Yeah, you definitely Of course you are. Yes. And and by the way, that w- that was validated. Everybody wants to look at what Acho said in his tweet uh, with the video on the back, but what they didn't see a lot of them is that I asked him. I said, "Okay, well you, that's great." But I'm more concerned about like when it's first and 10 or play action, that type of stuff. And he goes, well, he goes, just so you know, there's a lot of money that is goes into finding things just like this. Yes. Yes. But and then he said, the answer that I have for you is way too nuanced for for a Twitter answer. I said, fair enough. That's great. So that that's enough to tell me that. Yeah, defenses look for these things. Now, I'm not saying that this is a reason why the 49ers are losing games or not putting up points. I but there is something to it. I'm not going to chalk it off and be like, oh well, Mitchell Schwartz and and Andrew Whitworth said it was nothing. Who play offense, by the way? Um, they they said it's nothing. So then it's nothing. I'm I'm not going to go that far, but I'm not going to say that it's the biggest deal in the world either. I don't know. Hold on. So I, I I've been talking. I I've been talking to a former NFL coach for a very long time. We're very close. He's the one who pointed out to me during the Chiefs game. Hey man, Trent Williams is tipping plays. You can look based on his alignment. He pointed out. I, I said it in my post game instant reaction thing. He got flagged for illegal formation in that game because his left foot was so far off the line. It was a joke. He was cheating to like get a get a step. I mean, this has been out there. Plus, the guy uh, in the Bears said it week one. Um, oh, wait, so in, I was in the context with that real quick. Is that that player fifth round rookie? I believe. Has one and a half sacks this season. One of them is on Trent Williams. Right. One and a half were in that game. He has zero since then. So I think there's context there. So the coach pointed it out to me. And so these players can say it's no big deal. The coach thinks it's a big deal. As soon as he saw it, he emailed me. And then he was talking to me today. And he was saying, it. you know, I still see it. And I said, well, Emmanuel Asho said it's a lot for players to process on the field. They got to look at down distance and personnel group and get it. He's like, okay, well, what about the coach on the sideline? What about the D-line coach? He can look at it and be like, it's a run before the play starts. Mm-hmm. And so he said, like, when he, I'm not going to say who he was. I don't want, I, I'm never going to say his, his identity. But he was saying when he was a young man, he was, he got called by another coach, a very famous coach who said, man, my offense is underperforming. I think we're tipping plays. Can you look at what we're doing and see what you see? The guy's brilliant. And he's looking at the place. And he's like, all right, look at your center. Look at your center right now. What do you see from your center when it's a run? He said, okay, he's got his offhand on the ground. Can you picture that? His offhand on the ground. Okay, what about when it's a pass? He's got his offhand on his thigh. Okay, mm. right there. 
Why does he have his offhand on his thigh? Because he wants to get that punch up quick. He knows he's going to be in pass protection. Well, if someone notices that, that's a problem. And people are paid a lot of money. This was a long time ago. But people are paid a lot of money now to find these things. So little things like that, you you got to self-scout. And when someone like Jesse, who is uh, now definitely quality control, points it out, you got to <laughs> fix this. You got to fix this. Got to fix this. Yeah, and, and by, by the way, this is a long-standing issue, and it's and and kudos to people that went and found this. I don't know how I didn't see this a year ago when Alex Rollins, shout out to Alex Rollins, one of the best content creators in the world, one of my favorites, if not my favorite, to watch. He's incredible, and I point I know, I'm sorry, Grant. I point out, I point out his videos on a regular basis because I think they're really good. But somehow I overlooked that one a year ago. And he did talk about it. And it was a short blurb in the beginning of a video. He definitely talked about it. Alex Rollins is extremely smart. He's very well known in the NFL circle. Nobody would call him out for saying it. If Al if Alex were to tweet that yesterday instead of me or two days ago, I bet you nobody would have said anything rude to him about it. Guaranteed. I see how it is. I see how it is, Jesse. I see how it is. <laughs> I'm my favorite content creator. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick Peterson says being a fan is tiresome. Can we fix this stuff? Nah, man. This is this is what this is what it's all about, baby. You kidding? If you want to be fan of a team that's got it all going together, who would you be a fan of? Well, the Warriors the last seven years, but now this year it's juicy. Which is why all of a sudden I'm interested in the Warriors. The last seven years were boring <laughs> yeah, as hell. As a newfound interest in the Warriors. But they demoted Wiseman to the G League. I'm like, oh, now there's no reason to watch their games anymore. Greg says, thanks, Jesse. I learned more the game I love. Yeah, hell yeah. Jesse killed him with this. I, I will I, say this. I, I will say this. I guarantee it, regardless of where you stand on this, whether you think it's an issue, whether you don't, whether you agree with me tweeting it out or you don't, I promise you everybody's going to be watching that left leg on Monday. It's going to be leg gate come Monday. I will guarantee it. Look, I, look, Jeff Schwartz and Emmanuel Acho can say what they want to say, but the coach I know who has a Super Bowl ring said this was an issue weeks ago. So I'll go with him. I'll go with him. And you know what? We're all searching for reasons. Why is the Niners offense underperforming? Well, maybe the left tackle is tipping plays. I don't know. <laughs> how did how did the how did the how did the LA Chargers, who haven't shut down a running back since the Obama administration, shut down Christian McCaffrey? How did that happen? Oh, maybe the left tackle is tipping play. I don't know, but it look, they should probably fix this. It it couldn't hurt to like eliminate this. Yeah, I, I let's let's just let's at least settle on this. I don't know how much it hurts, but I promise you, nobody can make the argument that it's helping. It's like, not can we good. Just, can we at least can we at least just land there? It's not helping. It's not so good. So if it's not helping, it's either doing nothing or it's hurting. It can we at least have our minds open to the possibility that it might be causing a little bit of an issue? I, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's just like in baseball, if a guy were, was tipping his pitches, people would be like, it's not a big deal. He's great anyway. Like, okay, but can he stop tipping his pitches? And then he'd be even better. How about that? Yeah. Niners Daddy says, Jesse and Grant, true detectives out here. Great work, Jesse. Niners need to clean this up. Attention to detail. Right. John Farr says, do you think this is why we don't do play actions anymore? I'm going to talk about that. But I have no idea why they don't do play actions anymore. They should do that. It's important. Uh, they do I it in Miami. They, they don't like Jimmy turning his back to the defense is what I think. He's struggled there in the past. I think that poor that's excuse. something that That's they, a poor excuse. Tua can do it. Yeah, well, Tua of course can he can. Tua can do it. My high school coach was always looking for tells. Yeah, dude, everyone's looking for tells. Are you kidding? Just so we I mean, know, Double, Double B Studios was an All-American, so... Emmanuel Acho was trying to act like he like Emmanuel Acho was not a pass rusher. He was, if I remember correctly, he was kind of like a base defense run defender, outside linebacker. You're telling me if you told Emmanuel Acho, who had no pass rush acumen, "Hey, bud, here's a little tell you can have to know when your offensive tackle is in pass protection or run block mode," he wouldn't want that. That wouldn't help him. I mean, he wasn't going to get the sack if he didn't have some help. I call shenanigans. Well, uh, let me also say this. Here's what's really funny about this whole thing. So I couldn't get Schwartz or Whitworth or those guys to respond to me. But there is an account that's got like 90,000 followers. It is followed by a bunch of NFL offensive linemen. It is an offensive line camp. That's what they do. 
they were the very first ones before this blew up. They were one of the first ones to respond to it, retweeted it and said it was basically nothing. And I responded. They said, here's what they said. All offensive linemen do this. So then I responded with a bunch of photos and said, this isn't a pa- this is a pass play. This is a pass play. Doing it with a bunch of other teams. I said, can you explain this to me? And they go, this is a lot to unpack. We're going to do a podcast about it. So they went from saying, oh, all, not a big deal. All offensive tackles do this to, okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. And so yeah. he, the, the reason that I say that is because every person that commented that is big, like the offensive linemen, they all talked about how Trent Williams, it doesn't matter. Look how great Trent Williams is with that. And the whole what argument the was never how it impacts Trent Williams. Trent Williams could literally look at the guy across from him and be like, this is what I'm going to do. And he exactly. would win 90% of the time. Exactly. He's, that good. he's like it's a pitcher who's like, I'm going to throw a fastball. I'm going to throw a curveball. It doesn't matter. Right. You can't hit me. Doesn't yep, yep, yep. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But this so is a team sport. How does it impact everybody else? Real quick, Emmanuel Acho, it's been a while. I forgot exactly what his career was. I'm looking him up. Emmanuel Acho, this dude played 20 games in the NFL. He recorded 0.0 sacks. So I'm thinking someone should have given him a tell. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to beef with Emmanuel Acho. Although I don't I like want to beef with Emmanuel Acho. I'm ready. I don't like it. I don't like his Lance takes. That I will be clear about. What he said—he was Lance so quick to dismiss you. Like, dude, what are you talking about? I've talked to coaches who think Jesse's on the money, and you had zero sacks in your career. God, you, you wish you had a tip like this, <laughs> Emmanuel Acho. And you would you? Someone called him the 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 world's best sports televangelist. Ain't that the truth, man? He mm. talks about sports like he's preaching. I'm like, could you stop? Please. Double B Studio says, how do we know Trent Williams tell was Jimmy G's? Man, I can't knock Jimmy G right now. Jimmy's doing yeah, Jimmy's doing pretty good. I can't really knock. Like he he's in he's in contract year mode, and we saw that in twenty seventeen. He does not mess around. You gotta give Jimmy credit. When it's time to make some money, he can make some money. When he's made the money, yeah. it's hard to say what he cares about or what he wants to do. But when it's time to make that money, it's he's gonna get it. I respect it. Kenny O four says I knew Niners should have drafted Justin Fields. What do you think the offense will look like with Justin Fields? Probably pretty good, I but I still think that it would look great if Trey Lance had 19 games under his belt too. So, I don't know. I, I think the verdict's question. still out there. It, here's what I will say. If this was the offense that they planned on running, Field should have been the pick. That's the what I wanted to say. Drafted Lance. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. The reason because they drafted Lance was to run a pro-style offense, and they did anything but that. Right, because of all the quarterbacks that came out, he was the one that played under center, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Not Mac Jones, not yep. Justin Fields. And that's Kyle's yep. problem. He needs to see you under center, turning your back to the defense, all that. And that's what Lance yep. did. And all of a sudden, you bring him in and you put him in the shotgun, have him run the zone read. Well, that's what he wasn't even good at that. Like he couldn't even get, he couldn't even read the zone read correctly because it's not what he did in college. That's what Justin Fields did in college. So that, I never understood that. You, you sold me on Trey Lance being this actual quarterback who can move. Not mm-hmm. a dual threat, and then you use him as a dual threat. Well, that's on you. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Terror Dome says, "Ask ourselves this: What if a funga knew whether it was a pass or run every time? Advantage? <laughs> yeah, I would yeah, think, I would so. think so. Yeah, a playmaker like that. Funny money says, finally caught alive on hood. I don't get it. It's hood. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> CT losses off too topic. Old. <laughs> too old for all that. Me too. CT Law says off topic. Did you see the viral video of Jimmy Garoppolo, CMD, Kittle, and Juice at the game? Interesting No, Debo and BA looks like Jimmy is making a statement on his crew, and it's working. Hmm. I, I don't know. not going to read into it like that, but you can. Yeah. I, I would say that if, if there's any validity to guys that were wanting Jimmy G to play, I think we know who it might be. Jimmy throws the ball to Brandon Ayuk a whole lot more than he throws to George Kittle or Kyle Juszczyk. So I don't really see the conspiracy theory you're trying to posit. Austin says, who you got winning the game, Niners or Cardinals? Both of you. I mean, the Niners Niners. should win. The Niners should win this game. I picked them a few weeks to lose. A few weeks ago to lose, but they should win, frankly. I'm not necessarily sure they will, though. Tyler Murray, I think, is going to be out. And if he does play, it's it's a uh, modern warfare launch weekend. So looking good for the 49ers. I don't even know if Colt McCoy's going to play. He's hurt too. 
So I, I know I heard about this. Yeah. All right, moving on. Has Christian McCaffrey provided the spark he was supposed to, in your opinion, Jesse? Oh, I think we're going to disagree on this one, Grant. I do think he has. I think so. Hear me out. See, I knew we were going to disagree. I love this. Hear me out. Get, get your little notepad. You've been doing this note thing. You, this started. By I the write way, things I down that I don't out. want to forget. I, I don't. Because okay. I, I, I don't want to interrupt people. Say I interrupt people. So I'm like, okay, I have a point I want to make. Let me just write it down so I don't forget. Because sometimes. <laughs> You'll be talking and be like, what was I wanting to say? So go ahead. I, that's fair. But this note thing just started like the last couple of weeks, and it's it's a little intimidating. I'm not going to lie. Sorry. Like, oh. It's like I'll make a point. It's like a presidential oh, debate. Like, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, got you. Serious. All right. I love yeah, it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So the reason that I think he's provided the spark that he's supposed to is since he's come on board, they've averaged 25.3 points a game, which puts them around sixth or seventh in the NFL. That's the first six games – they went over 20 points three times in six games. They've gone over 20 points every single time. Right now, the floor with him on the team, I believe, is 22 points. And then the ceiling is obviously above that. So I think Christian McCaffrey has provided the spark he's supposed to. Now it's time for Kyle Shanahan to provide the spark that he's supposed to. <laughs> you see what I did there? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me just disagree with you wholeheartedly. All right. Yeah, so, no, yeah. Great. Okay. This three games. And they scored 31 against the Rams. That's nice. They they always put it on the Rams. Against the Chiefs, 23. Against the Chargers, 22. This is a team averaging 22 points a game. So in two of the three games, they did exactly what they've been doing. This dude's averaging 4.3 yards per carry on this team, while Elijah Mitchell averaging 5.4. Jeff Wilson was averaging 5.1. Debo is averaging 5.9. I'm sorry. I don't see it yet. He's a really good player. But I don't see the big impact yet, and I guess he could prove it when they face the Dolphins, the Bucks, the Seahawks, maybe some playoff games, but I don't see it yet. I'm, I'm glad that you do, but I'm skeptical well, like this. He, I mean, he, he got the triple crown basically in one game. <laughs> it was he Rams. He didn't do that without Debo, but it was against the Rams. You're right. It, it was, like, the Niners put up 31 against the Rams, and then the next week, the freaking Cardinals put up 27 with Colt McCoy. Like The Rams are really falling apart. I They're think it's terrible. hard to overstate how freaking awful they are. They're the Remilia awful. Sports Report hasn't called into my cone phone in a minute and a half. Where you been, <laughs> I dog? He hasn't. He hasn't. I'd like to talk to him. I like him a lot, but he needs to <laughs> own up to how freaking. It's the worst Super Bowl defending team ever. Ever. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to have a winning record. Low. They may not win six games. Tell me the last Super Bowl winner that did that with the same coach and the same quarterback. That, but this is neither here nor there. We're talking about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, they're they're they are an awful football team, and I think it, it was funny because when they lost to the Bills, everybody was like, "They're terrible," and they were dancing on their grave and all these other they things. Won. But when the 49ers beat them the first time, guess what happened? Everybody goes, "Oh, great win! Look at this! The 49ers are back!" Blah 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 blah. And I included me, by the way. But everybody did that, and then. We knew it was going to happen the second time. We knew that they were going to beat the Rams because that's what they always do. And once they beat them, I think everybody finally started to realize, wow, the Rams are just not a very good football team. And they're not. They're a bad football team, a very bad football team. Very bad. I very still bad. don't know outside of the Seahawks who the 49ers have beaten that are a good football team right now. So coming back to McCaffrey, he had that kind of tepid game against – well, he had like a half a game against the Chiefs and the Niners scored 23 points. Hard to read into that. And then they play the Rams and destroy him, and he's great. Hard to read into that. And then they have one game against the Chargers where he gets shut down because Trent Williams is tipping plays. Like, it's a little too early to say. It's a little too early to say. I think this three-game stretch that they have coming up, Miami, Tampa, Seattle, that'll say everything. And then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But um, if you well, want to like the Christian McCaffrey trade. Well, who do they have? They have Arizona and New Orleans before that? Is that it? Yeah. So those are going to be McCoy and Andy Dalton. Know, we're still not going to yeah. know anything. That's crazy. No. And what's crazy, I think the Niners, they had to have this sense of urgency last year. Uh, they had to win so many big games down the stretch because they started off slow that they like developed a standard of performance down the line. Mm-hmm. And they had to keep going on the road. Now, like they could just skate into the playoffs. And I don't know if that's good for them because at some point they need to flip the switch. And last year they flipped it week 10. Now it's week 11, and I f- still feel like they haven't s- flipped the switch. When will you? And they don't necessarily have to until the playoffs start, really. But 
week whatever well, week I, 13 I against the dolphins would be a good time i have a question for you and and i thought about this yesterday and and talked about it with uh i think it was with jack but i had brought it up it, it's very it's very likely that the 49ers are going to have to go through the vikings on the road and the eagles on the road now the first game is debatable could be dallas could be the giants let's say it's worst case scenario dallas at home followed by the vikings on the road followed by the Eagles on the road. How confident are you that they would get through those three games and make it to a Super Bowl? We'll see who's healthy, man. It's I don't want to go too far down. I don't want to. It is tough. But, but that's, I mean. I, 49er fans should start to think about, I, I get it's early for the playoffs, but that is the likely path that they're going to have to go through. Like, that's hold on, a very I real mean, situation. I mean, the Eagles just lost to Washington. Like, the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. There is a very real opportunity. Uh, uh, scenario where those teams lose the first round and the and the nfc okay. is even more wide open than you think like it's possible the niners lose first round because this is a team that plays down to their opponents but frankly philly and minnesota like i don't know what to expect from them in the playoffs either so it's possible the niners never have to go to philly or minnesota it's a who knows so let's not go there yet let's stay in the moment Funny money says we talk of football. How about those Sac Kings? I haven't watched one minute of the Sacramento Kings, nor will I. <laughs> all I know is the Blazers beat them opening night. That's all I. That's all. I, I haven't can. watched Sacramento Kings since Mike Bibby was on that team. Darth Mexican says Jimmy Garoppolo doing okay, but still holding my breath every pass. Can't be the only one. Can't. Can I have a quarterback even after an interception? I think he's going to get it done. Uh, what about Tua? Tua be killing the Niners right now. He's really doing a good job. He's done. But he's great, not here. Yeah. Antonio says, Jesse, are you, you are the man on how you handle yourself on Twitter. Respectful and humble. Keep up the great job. Love you. Love you. Show too. Are you saying hey, I'm I, not? I appreciate that. I, I will say look, I always give the energy given to me. If somebody wants to come at me sideways, I will certainly give that back to them. I promise. <laughs> but yes, I try to be humble. And as long as people are you know respectful to me, I'm always going to be respectful back. There's no reason not to be. Grant, Raj said he messaged you and emailed you. Hi, Jesse. Uh, I'll check it out. I don't think I got either of those, but I'll see what happened. I got some time the next week. I'm going to be on the road. All right, moving moving ahead. Now that the Eagles have lost to the Washington Commanders, are the Niners the team to beat in the NFC? No. No. Here's the thing. This is, and I knew it was going to happen. As soon as the Eagles lost, I tweeted, cue the tweets that the Eagles aren't for real. Yes, they lost to the Commanders. But that's an that's an in-division game. We know how in-division games can go. The 49ers lost to Colt McCoy in the Arizona Cardinals last year. Were they a bad team? Were they a team that weren't this close to making a Super Bowl? I still think the Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC. Division games are always funny. I don't put a lot of stock into them. That's just me personally. The Eagles roster is stacked. They've proven all the way up until then that they... Sh- should win or that they do win the games that they should. The 49ers haven't proven that up until really this last couple weeks. So for me, it's still the Philadelphia Eagles are the team to beat in the NFC and most likely are looking at a number one seed. So we'll see. I think it's Philly. Where I see it is in the AFC, the team to beat is Kansas City. And I think it's going to be that way for a very long time. Um, In the NFC, I don't know who the team to beat is. I don't know if it's Philly. Like, that loss to Washington was eye-opening. Then you look at Minnesota. That win over Buffalo was quite impressive. But frankly, who really has confidence in Minnesota? It's Kirk Cousins. That being said, he's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, who's playing decently. Right. So the Niners could be, they certainly could be the team to beat in the NFC. They haven't established that yet. Like, just squeaking out wins against bad, beaten-up teams isn't going to cut it. I mean, it's not, it it could cut it. It's not going to. Make you the team to beat. If the Niners could establish a standard where they're going to play a certain way no matter who their opponent is, then yeah, they certainly could because the NFC is wide open. But they haven't done it yet. And they should. They could. It's a veteran team. I don't know what's holding them back. It just feels like a veteran team that's trying to pace itself. It's a long season, and I'm a little bit older, so I'm going to flip. I'm going to turn it on in December. Like, okay, I hope you do. I hope you do. Because in 2019, that wasn't the way you handled things. Like, you guys were young, you guys were hungry, and now you guys are like, 
I don't. Can we just get to the? Can we fast forward? Going through the motions. It feels like it. It really does. It really does. Like, what's the least we can do to beat the Chargers this week? Like, man, you guys are playing with fire. And and if they didn't, because look, 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 look. The Niners, they win. They beat the Chargers by six, and everyone's like, no. Go back and watch that game again. That game could have gone either way. And what sealed the deal was special teams. Pinning them at the one, that was it. That was checkmate. If they didn't, if they called that a, a, a freaking touchback, who knows what would have happened? Because they had the better quarterback. And he would have had, no, nah, he didn't have any weapons, but that was checkmate. And that the Niners offense couldn't put the freaking game away. They got an extra three points because the Chargers turned the ball over on downs at their like 13-yard line because that's what happened. But that was all special teams. So, and defense. Just want to put that out. I think the 49ers might be the roster to beat, but that's very different than the team to beat. Those are two Correct. completely different things right now. And I still, if if they go up against Dallas, Minnesota, and Hurts, I think every time they're going to be outmatched at the most important position in football, which is the quarterback position. And so anything can happen in those scenarios. I mean, frankly, if the Chargers had their, their wide receivers in this game, who would have won? Oh, the, char- the Chargers would have won that game. I so yeah, they, they took Niners took care of business, but come on, like, they lost was not Gerald a, Everett, yeah. who was their only weapon really in the pass game, outside of Carter, who I guess is a weapon. I mean, he was like a fifth string receiver to go into the season, but they lost. If they didn't lose Everett at halftime, hell, if Herbert didn't go out it right before half for that final drive, he was I, dealing. Just, just so you know, he let's was be dealing. Clear, that right there is the only reason they got up over two and a half sacks and saved your bacon this week because Chase Daniel yeah. came in and, and got, or whoever it was, came in and, and Chase, got yeah. sacked. So, Oh, my bacon. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Sanders says, Grant, I watched two years of highlights from Carolina with CMC. 70% of his big pass plays are check downs that go off script and the explosive runs get he gets are inside most of the time. Creativity not required. Yeah, it was a different offense, though. He was playing with Cam Newton. He was playing a zone read system. If he were playing with Trey Lance, it would be similar, but that's not he's he's now he's under center. And they're trying to toss it to him to the side. They're trying to use it use him like they use Raheem Mostert. That's what they're trying to do. And so far, they don't necessarily have the offensive line or the creativity to pull it off. I don't put it on McCaffrey, but it's not working right now. That I don't and he's not a speed he's not a speedster or burner. I mean he doesn't he's not Mostert. You can find when he breaks through the line and gets tracked down from behind pretty frequently. And and this isn't yeah. to take away. I love the Christian McCaffrey trade, especially for Trey Lance. I still stand behind that it was the right move to make, but he's not that player. That he is not Raheem Mostert as far as breakaway speed. That's not who he is. Give me one matchup you can't wait to see this Monday. I am seriously so excited to watch Charvarius Ward versus Diop. That matchup right there is prime time football it sucks though if they're down to their third string quarterback it really could change that but if it's mccoy or murray i am that matchup right there is going to be so fun to watch because tarvarius ward is playing at an elite level d hop is almost forgotten about being on a bad team in arizona and suspended for the first six weeks or so but he is still an elite wide receiver i want to see how Ward can handle himself one-on-one with an elite wide receiver who has no flaws in his game. I will. I, I cannot wait to see that matchup. I also want to see how D'Amico Ryans uses Traverius Ward because if I were Cliff Kingsbury, I'd be trying to avoid Traverius Ward. I'd be trying sure. to move uh, Hopkins around, put him in motion, put him in the slot. If Ward's playing one side, put him on the other. Is Ward going to travel? Is he going to follow around Hopkins, because he should. If he doesn't, advantage Arizona. If he does, advantage San Francisco. I definitely want to see that. I also want to see J.J. Watt against Mike McGlinchey. That's a tough matchup for the 49ers offense. That's an extremely, uh, yeah, that's a really, yeah, yeah, that is. That's a game record. Another one, Kittle and Buda Baker. That's always a fun one to watch, too. Classic, absolutely. Those are three really good ones. Those are three really good ones. Who's going to be covering IU? Byron Murphy? (laughs) Whoever it is is going to get burnt. Yeah. I just need to catch the damn ball. 
But yeah, no, that was uh, he hasn't had many drops this year, so it's, it's just it happened in the end zone. So it's easy to think about. Those are some good matchups. Let me see if we got any uh, super chats before we move on. Who's holding up this offense more, Jimmy G or Kyle? Trent Williams. And does adding <laughs> Odell make the offense more complicated to break through? Hey, Odell can't stop Trent Williams from tipping plays, baby. Trent, you need to stop right now. I don't know who said no. With somebody's the qu- gonna ask him about it tomorrow, huh? Me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I mean, Trent won't talk tomorrow, but we'll see. Mm. I, they're not gonna bring so, so they're in Col- uh, Colorado Springs this week, which means there's no open locker room. If mm. there's open locker room, you just walk up to them. They're gonna bring out four players a day. None of them will be Trent Williams. We'll ask Kyle; he'll be defensive. We'll ask Chris Forster; he'll be expansive. We'll see what happens. Yeah. He'll be Chris Forster. Yeah. We'll talk about it for a long time. But he's not a famous person, so no, like those quotes won't get picked up. Kyle will be just super like defensive and won't only get into it. That's my prediction. So we'll see. How oh, Kyle, Kyle's definitely gonna he he he'll say something snarky and discredit anything, and I yeah. already know how that's gonna go. Yeah, yeah, but the, but Chris Forster will address it honestly. I believe he will. Carson Taylor says, "Should the Niners install the Wildcat?" Yes, I think they should. That's actually not a bad idea. I. And Carson, shouldn't. I like that. I mean, what does it hurt at this point? Just a few plays a game? CMC? Hold on. The idea Debo? of Christian McCaffrey, like, handing off to Debo or Elijah Mitchell? I mean, damn, why not? Was, can we just get Jimmy Garoppolo? I like it. Can we take the Jimmy Garoppolo out of the equation if you know you're not going to pass anyway? I'm just saying. It, well, hold on. At the end of the day, if Trent Williams is already telling the defense that they're going to run, I mean, what does it matter? We know that it doesn't matter if they know they're going to run or pass, so they exactly. don't know where doesn't it's going to go. So it doesn't matter. Just do that. Ian Baller says, Dolphins fan here, can't wait till we play. It's going to be one of the best be games of the season. Game. Can't great wait. Game. We're going to we're gonna South Beach. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. All right. Let's talk about what's missing from the 49ers offense. So the 49ers last year – had two bread and butter plays. Under center toss left and right. I did that all year. Wide receiver screen down the line. I killed people with that. They they saved their season with those plays. Not really hitting like they used to. Why? Well, if you're preparing for the Niners and you know those are their bread and butter plays, you're going to sell out to stop them. So what do you do as an offense? There's a concept that coaches like to call companion plays companion plays all right everyone knows i want to toss from under center everyone knows i want to throw wide receiver screens when they sell out to stop it what's my change up so i can hit them for a big play because they're cheating where are those companion plays where is play action from under center it's gone and then on the wide receiver screens if they're selling out if if they're triggering that quickly on Debo Samuel, what you can do is pump fake and have the the blockers go deep. They've did it once this year with Ross Dwelly. Hit him deep. Where the hell? Do it again. Companion plays. Everyone knows what you want to do. And that's okay. If they sell out to stop it, there should be a set of companion plays you can go to to burn them, to make them play honest. And they're not there this year. Play action is gone. And they did it once with Ross Dwelly on that pump and go screen, but they don't do it enough. I think that's one way the Niners could fix their, improve their offense. Companion plays. Yeah, I mean, if if a defense wants you to do something or they're expecting you to do something, show them what they think they want to see and then do something different. I think Shanahan, that's, that's where Shanahan was really, really good in the past. He did such a good job. And I will say this. Mike McDaniel. <laughs> possibly. I will say this. I thought that once that first drive ended and they ran, 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 I go, okay, this is where play action opens up and they'll be able to move the ball down the field. Well, they did go play action. They got Ayuk deep and then deep, and then Ayuk fumbled. And so it kind of ruined that drive. So all of a sudden what they had built on was almost gone. One thing that I... I noticed in this game is there's no creativity in the red zone that's where the creativity goes out the window they're able to move the ball between the 20s no issue but once they get in the red zone there is no creativity let's run the ball between the tackles from the nine yard uh line in even their pass play grant one of their first pass play i think it was in the red zone where he 
where Jimmy ended up throwing it out of the end zone and Jerry Rice caught the ball, there was only two receivers on that route. It was Ayuk and Debo. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I am, this play might work inside the 20s because you get a right. lot of room. But right. when there's a boundary in the back and yeah. a bunch of players in a short area, you're only running a two-person route. That's problematic, in my opinion. I, I just I don't know how you expect to score on a two-person route inside the 10. That doesn't make any sense to me. None. Agree. Agree. And another thing about the red zone, they've run like twice as much as, they, as they've passed while they're not running particularly well in the red zone. And they're passing really well in the red zone. They have all these weapons. Jimmy's throwing nine touchdowns and one pick. Like, hey, Kyle, it's not about you. Let the players do what they let the let this talent do what they're built to do. Pass. Just saying. I think also you made a great point. The nine touchdowns to one interception. The problem with Jimmy Garoppolo in the past has always been he hasn't protected the football. Can't trust him. Can't trust him, doesn't protect the football. He's now going the second time this season, he's trying to get the three games in a row without a turnover. Yeah. So with that being the case, he's protecting the football at a level that we've never seen from him. So why don't you trust him until he proves that you can't again? Maybe something is different. Maybe Christian McCaffrey being there helps just enough to where this isn't an issue anymore. Show him that you trust him until you don't. Dude, all that's, five that's of his all five of his eligible receivers are ballers. Except right. for Debo, who's still a baller, but he's not quite producing the way he should. But frankly, teams are still terrified of him. I mean, he can't miss right now. You bring in look, McCaffrey is a nice player, but I really feel like he improves your pass game more than he improves your run game. I agree. So your pass game is stacked. And Jimmy's playing well. So why are you afraid to pass, Kyle? Why? It doesn't make sense because, frankly, your run game is not clicking. I mean, you talked like you were going to run over the charges. You didn't. And right now you rank 20th out of 32 teams in yards per attempt in the run game. That's embarrassing. Meanwhile, you're third in yards per attempt in passes. Like, throw the ball, man. Get out of the way. Yep. Get out of the way. Yep. I I agree. I I think, again— Jimmy's not a guy that I've trusted in the past. And I'm not saying that I would just let him start winging it 50 times a game, but he's proven right now that you can trust him, whether he's hot, whether he's comfortable. All the, I, I don't know what the, what the reasoning is, but until he shows that he's not comfortable anymore, allow him to just play, man. Just let him wing it a little bit in the red zone. Is that too much to ask? Also, you know that teams are selling out to stop the Niners run game. Yes. You know that teams, when they look at the Niners, they're like, okay, Kyle doesn't trust Jimmy, and he wants to run the ball, so if we're going to win, okay, so use that against them. That's what they expect. So pass on first down. Play backwards. Pass on first down. They're selling out. They're playing five and six-man fronts to stop your run game. Hey, you have so many really good receivers. Throw the ball. And then run on second and third down. They do this play, and hopefully it's setting up something later in the season. This is what you always hear about, Kyle. He's setting up something later in the season. Okay. Well, hopefully that's the case. But the play where he has a where Jimmy has a running back next to him, and either it's either Debo or McCaffrey, and then the other one runs across the field and is kind of like an outlet pass, and Jimmy does the handoff and then the fake throw to him every time. Same thing. Handoff, fake throw. Well, how about maybe... You do the fake handoff, handoff throw. and then actually start scanning the field. And if nothing's there, you have not only Christian McCaffrey on one side as a dump off, but you have Debo Samuel on the other side. I think that's a pretty good option. Try that. Throwing it up there, up the flagpole. Silly jokes. 34 says, Grant, the whole I'm not a Niner fan. I don't root for the Niners is getting so tired. Seems like you <laughs> picked it up from your dad as a way to maintain credibility. The more you say it, the less we believe you. Jesse, am I a Niner fan? At- Absolutely not. Not. It's funny because I get asked this. He's like, he's a Niner fan. I'm like, I promise you he's not a Niner fan. Like, I can tell you he's not a Niner fan. I don't know what to tell you, man, but Jesse will tell you for me. Carson says CMC can throw a screen, right? Yeah, man. He, I'm telling you, he could be Wildcat. He could just be straight-up quarterback. Dome says, and for God's sake, you have the best catching fullback in the game. Run spider two-wide banana, throw it to juice in the red zone. No, hold on. This is true, man. Spider two-wide. No, it's a spider two-wide banana that got me. If Bill Walsh were the Niners uh, coach right now, he'd be running split backs 
with McCaffrey on one side and Juszczyk on the other, and he would be throwing the damn ball to his running backs left and right. Mm-hmm. I don't Juszczyk, to me, is a better player right now than George Kittle. I'm sorry. George Kittle's good. But Juszczyk hasn't fallen off at all. He's been the same exact player every freaking year he's been here, and they won't give him the ball. Did he get a touch against the, against the Chargers? I don't think so. They just forget about him. I was sitting next to Tom Rathman. This is this is true. I, it, this is true. I was sitting next to Tom Rathman the whole game. Someone asked him, "Hey Tom, what do you think of Kyle Uzcheck? Uh Is he as good as you?" And Rathman literally said, "He's a way better athlete than I was. A way better athlete than I was." It's Tom Rathman. Kyle, can you get him involved consistently, please? Just saying. He's he's been completely rotting away on the bench. I, I want to say this real quick, going back to the comment that said that you're a Niner fan. I find this funny, and I don't know why this happens, but you get a lot of people during the show saying that Grant's a Niner fan, like trying to sell that Grant's a Niner fan, and then trying to sell that I'm not a Niner fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesse's not a real Niner fan. I can feel it but in my Grant bones. Is. But Grant is. Says he's not a real Niner fan. But Grant, you're a Niner fan. I'm like, all right. That's, that's stupid. G Code Travels Vlog uh, says, "Are you sure t- uh, Elijah Mitchell's not Charlie Gardner?" I guess Charlie Gardner was a G. Charlie Gardner. Charlie Gardner was Shady McCoy before Shady McCoy was Shady McCoy. He was so dynamic. That's correct. Seth Harvey says Seahawks will get their seven seed taken by Green Bay. Trey coming back. Jesse, I think we play Vikings in the NFC title game. Trey will play in that. Ooh. You know, if the Seahawks don't make the playoffs, then that means the Niners haven't played a, a playoff team yet, which is possible. That's crazy. Gammon Brown says, elephant in the room, Jesse wasn't the first person to figure out Trent Williams' is tipping plays. The Simpson episode did it in season. <laughs> <laughs> Simpsons did it. Uh, Simpsons Gammon, did it. Man. He's such a good person. Me too. Uh, Evan says, how much of Miami winning is coach or T. Hill? Both. Both. Yeah. They were smart enough to bring in T. Oh, Hill. Hold on. Let's let's talk about that for a second because Tyreek Hill left the best quarterback arguably in the NFL for the last four or five years to go play with Tua Tungavailoa and is having by far the best year of his career. And it's not even close. Yep. Put that together. That means McDaniel's doing a great job putting him in very, very favorable spots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that offense is phenomenal, and the Niners should be so lucky to have something like that. All right, I got one more topic. How the veterans feel about Kyle Shanahan. So I've been thinking, you saw Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk and Christian McCaffrey. To me, that's that's the power structure of the team right there, those four guys. Kyle Shanahan, to me, doesn't have as much power as he th- as we think. I think he's a little bit held hostage by his veterans. Those are guys who make more money than him. And they were very enthusiastic about Kyle at one point, but I don't know how they feel about him anymore. I mean, when they lost to the Chiefs, they threw him under the bus so freaking fast. They're like, yeah, we got all these playmakers, and we just have a tough time getting it to him at the right time, which was such a shot at Kyle Shanahan. Meanwhile, you got the the Dolphins are so excited about Mike McDaniel. You heard two of uh, mic'd up and he was like boss you know thanks boss and this and that no one talks to Kyle Shanahan like that and it it strikes me that I remember a few years ago people were talking about how Pete Carroll was losing the locker room in Seattle a lot of veterans that were out on him Richard Sherman Bobby Wagner it seems like in the NFL if you give vets that second third contract suddenly they're making more than the head coach they got their own opinions they got their own agenda and they can sort of be subversive. And what Pete Carroll had to do in Seattle was get rid of all of them and start over with young guys who were, you know, eager to please and eager to work and all that. And so far, they're doing pretty well with that formula. Kyle has this, like, group of older players in, like, in their late 20s and early 30s that pretty much vetoed Trey Lance. And I don't know how they're ever going to accept him. And I think that for this team to really get where they need to go, you're either going to have to choose the older vets or the coach. And I feel like it's what happened in Seattle a few years ago. And Seattle chose the coach. 
And I think they made the right choice. Um, I sympathize with Kyle to a degree because I feel like he doesn't really have control of his locker room. But at the same time, that's your fault, Kyle. Like You're the head coach, dude. Figure it out. I, I don't have a big, strong opinion one way or another about this, but let me give you two things that would support your thinking. One is Bill Belichick, who, if you look at how he stayed around for so long, what does he do other than Tom Brady, who he eventually also got rid of? He never kept people around for a super long time, unless they were like little ancillary pieces that, you know, basically were Troy Brown. um, You know, Seymour was really, really good. He kept him for a long time, but most but got rid of him. No, he traded Seymour to the Raiders. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. So he did. He gets rid of a lot of veteran players. Chandler Jones, because maybe Chandler tired of hearing his message. Maybe that's a possibility. I think that's an NFL thing right there. Go ahead. I think it's also possible that Bill Belichick understands human dynamics really well, that you want those young players because you think like the older players set the standard. Mm, the young players are the guy that are the guys that go above and beyond. They're the guys that work extra hours. You know, like they're not like the union workers, nothing to get the union workers, but they're the guys that like, hey, I got no restrictions. I'm trying to prove myself. Once you get paid, you're like, hey, man, like, do I need to be at minicamp? Do I need to be at OTAs? Like, I need to, pres- I need to preserve my body so I can get the third contract. And those aren't the type of players that Bill Belichick has wanted to work with unless their names are Rob Gronkowski or Tom Brady. Guys that, they, that he really can trust are obsessed with a, their own standard, like Jerry Rice was. But it seems like there are fewer and fewer players who are really like that. And you get guys like Debo and George Kittle who sell themselves as these throwback types that love the contact and play super hard and they enjoy the game. Like George Kittle, part of it was not only is he playing hard, but look at the smile on his face. Look at how much fun he's having. Where is that enthusiasm? I don't even notice it anymore. I don't even, there used to be a play a game where he would block someone into the turf and laugh about it like the Joker or the Riddler. Dude, mm-hmm. when was the last time you saw that? I, I see him whiffing on blocks now. And I feel like that's, it's just human nature. Unless you're Jerry Rice or Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski, you're probably going to, once you start making $16 million a year and you're 27, you're going to be thinking, damn, like, all right, I got one more payday left to me. And it's probably not going to be, like, Kittle knows if he gets paid again, it's not with the, the Niners. It's going to be somewhere no. else. So why does he care what Kyle thinks of him? All he has to do is just enough. To get the next contract and stay healthy. That's what he needs to do. I'm not saying he's dogging it this year. He's doing fine. But like that's the culture the Niners have created. A bunch of dudes, 28, 29, who are kind of thinking about that third contract, who are not trying to play with Trey Lance. You saw those four dudes at the Warrior game. You kidding me? Good luck, Trey. I I will also say this. I think that messages run stale. And no matter who you are, if you have the same leader for a long time, as great as that relationship is, eventually they just stop getting the best out of you. And I think that's a natural thing. I don't I don't know who Kyle Shanahan is a, as a coach, but I'm really into leadership. I've put a lot of my life based around leadership, figuring out what types of leaders people are and, and trying to figure those types of things out. Kyle Shanahan, to me, this is strictly my opinion, comes across as somebody who wants to be liked so much and those types of leaders are usually very passive aggressive yes those types of leaders are the type that when there's an issue with a player instead of going directly to that player and and deading it right away they'll talk about it in a team setting Mm -hmm. as if it's a team problem even though it's a one-person problem and you can start to alienate people by doing those types of things and i will also say this i you see a lot of these after game speeches in the locker room and some of these coaches man they are they got you fired up you even got Andy Reid who's super old and overweight and he's doing the gritty and dancing and doing these things Kyle Shanahan I'm not running through a brick wall for that dude I'm sorry he's not that type of leader he's not a dynamic leader and I think that maybe over time that's not the best thing in the world for you to be under that same leadership for a long time that's just my personal opinion and it's like the same players too. So what Kyle can do is a clear house and bring in new guys and maybe they'll 
be more responsive to your message, yeah. like what happened in Seattle. Because yeah. right now in New York, they're loving Robert Sala's message. In Miami, they're loving Mike McDaniel's message. In in Santa Clara, these guys that have been here for a while, they don't seem to have the same enthusiasm when they're doing those pre-snap motions. In the past, it was like we got a cheat code. I'm moving over here. Look at us. We're ahead. now. It's like uh, it's like that's on you, Kyle. What are you gonna do I, about it? I'll also it? say this, Debo. Go go watch uh, Eric Crocker and and Greg Pinelli's weekly breakdowns. Every single week, they talk about, and it's so true. It shows up all over film. Debo Samuel's effort when he knows he's not getting the ball is so piss poor. Mm-hmm. It is so piss poor. Hmm. If you are a great leader, those things don't happen. And and I'm not I'm not trying to say that this means that Kyle's got to go or he can't be a great leader for a new group of guys, but there is a lot of evidence that's supporting what you are saying. I I, I do believe that. Again, I don't have the strongest opinion one way or another, but I certainly can see how you would come to that conclusion. Maybe Kyle Shanahan is, look, better than, than what his players are giving him credit for. But right now it feels like he doesn't have them. And he's sort of at their mercy. And he's trying to sort of like placate them. All right, Debo, I'll give you seven. I'll give you seven targets. I'll, I'll, give, like, I'll give you the ball. I'll make you happy. Like, man, it's not working. And they're all going to blame you when the offense doesn't score enough points. And if like they're playing on the like field, be like, just we saw we saw uh, Jimmy do it. If they're waiting for the mistake to so be like, man, your plays freaking suck. Like they're not bought in, and that's could be why the offense is underperforming because they're not bought in the way they were in the past, the way that they are in Miami. Frankly, yeah, it's very very possible. It's very possible. Cravatron says Kyle is the ball boy all over again. Man, that's harsh. It's so harsh. <laughs> Seth says B Flores got Miami to 10 and 7. Uh, MM is good, but come on. Ye, they, okay. Hold on. That's true, but how did they get there? Because I, I will also say this about leadership. Talking about leadership, I've seen a lot of really bad leaders get a lot out of their team for a short period. And the reason that happens is because you have a bunch of people that are fighting for their careers. Right. And they are trying to prove their coach wrong who doesn't see anything good in them. The toxicity that came out of that locker room and what we heard after he left, and if you talk to Miami Dolphin fans, they will tell you all about it. There was a lot of toxicity. And what I think probably happened in that scenario is you had a group of guys that banded together against their coach and did everything they could to make their career the best that it could be and show out. And so it looks like, oh, all of a sudden Flores is this amazing coach and he's getting the best out of his players when that was the exact opposite. Is Jalen Hurd going to impact the offense in any way? Yeah, I think next year. Watch out for Jalen Hurd. (laughs) Jason says, hey, Jesse, I sent you a write-up about how Kyle was the buddy manager last year. Notice this year Lance is calling him Kyle this year when last year he was coach. Yeah. Kyle wants oh to be yeah, liked. I re- you know what? I remember, I remember you sending me that, and I I agree with everything that you said. Yes, you sent me a big long thing, and and we went back and forth a little bit about leadership. Yes, Jason, I remember that. Did you ever have a co a a, a uh, teacher in high school that said you can call me by my first name, call me so and so? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I always d- didn't respect him as much. I was like, oh, you want? Oh, so we're friends, but you're gonna give me a D if I don't. So we're not friends. So it's it's all it's like I don't like that man. Like, can we just acknowledge the power dynamics here? You're the you're the teacher. I'm the student. I have to work a certain amount, and you're going to give me a grade, and it could be subjective or objective, and I may end up liking you or not. But don't be like, hey, my name is Scott. Like, no, you're not yeah. Scott. You're Mister Jerk, who's going to give me a B plus if I don't work hard enough. So can we just acknowledge that? Not Mister Jerk, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. don't play that I, game with me. But but I also. To the other side of things, I had a teacher that was like the cool teacher, right? And he wa- everybody just called him by his first name. And he was my favorite teacher, but he was also the one that I would get away with the most stuff and act out the most in his class. So it wasn't the, it wasn't, he wasn't getting the best out of me. I loved it because I could do whatever I wanted and I could call him by his first name, we're chummy and whatever. But at the end of the day, it wasn't getting the best out of me. 
Hmm. Arthur Davis says, Grant Cohn, love your take on my team. It's the honest truth. The truth hurts. Keep doing what you're doing and love your show with your pops. Thanks. Yeah, it's the best. Daniel says, hype men like Jim Harbaugh, you're great. Fantastic job. But Cedric is still when everyone hears it. Fresh players is why college coaches work long term. Yeah. Well, Pete Carroll's but, been but working for like. with any coach. I think all yeah. messages get stale over time. You can, you only, you. You only can go to the well with so much. You only have a, you know, a four or five year of, hey, these are my tricks that I'm going to get the best out of people. And eventually things just don't work long term. It's really hard to keep that going. It is. Bill Walsh said the same thing to my dad, that at a certain point, they just don't hear you anymore. They just don't even hear you. And it makes sense. It makes total sense. It's time to play the over-under game. Because it's (laughs) 7 o'clock. Let's do it. Ah, yeah, the over-under game. Uh, Grant's feeling really good about himself, by the way. We tied last week, so Grant, Grant. Big A. So so many people I want to thank. So many people I want to thank. Yeah, Yeah. well, listen, you can do it after the show, bud. But (laughs) offense, let's – we're going to do it a little bit different. Instead of doing player-specific, we're going to do just the whole team-specific this week. A little little change to things. So here we go. Offense. Over or under 31 and a half run attempts this week for the offense? Over. You're close on that because I know you, I, you, I, you know what I did is I listened to your show earlier and guess what? You said, I want, I want Mitchell to be around 18 and McCaffrey to be around 10, 14. And then yeah, Debo with Tebow. Like yeah, exactly. Number that's going to hold them tight. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Oh, man. Hmm. Over. I think they should be passing more, but I think Kyle's pretty stubborn and he wants to play the offense the way he wants to play. So he, they're going to run the damn. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. Yeah. I'll, I'll go over as well, but I think this one might be close. I'm, I'm going to go over. Okay, okay, let's let's go to the flip side. Over right. or under 31 and a half pass attempts. Hmm. Over somehow. It could be I mean, you do 60 something plays a game. It's definitely possible. Yeah. I'm going to go under. I okay. think this is the week where they finally win a game early. They finally don't have to go into the fourth quarter tight and wondering if they're going to win the game this is a game that they're going to win early enough to where they're just going to run the ball so i'm going to go under on this one i like it over under one and a half passing touchdowns this week Hmm. under i think kyle shanahan's trying to keep the glory away from jimmy man i think he wants to run the ball in the end zone this year gosh jimmy's going to get two touchdowns and no turnovers he's in a break he's going to break the three-game streak that he's never been able to get without having a turnover. This is the game. No turnovers, two touchdowns, I'm calling it. He's never done it in his career? Never had three straight games without a turnover. That doesn't bode well. This is it. This is the second time he's tried this year, by the way. He had the opportunity earlier this year against Atlanta, and that didn't work out. So this time he's going to do it, though. He's finally going to get over the hump. All right, one and a half sacks given up. Over. Yeah, Jimmy's got happy feet still. <laughs> it's, yeah, I agree. Is Michael Glitch still playing? Yeah, all right, sweet. Oh, what? Yeah. Over. Yeah, I'm going to go over as well. I'm going to go over as uh-huh. well. Uh-huh. All right. Over under 0.5 turnovers. You over. What's at stake here? Over. Is it coming from Jimmy? Is he going to. I don't, to to I don't have no, to say. I don't have to say. Okay, fair enough. You, you know what though? I almost, I almost threw you a bone and gave you extra credit, like a, a half point extra credit, and gave you the win last week because the over under game we talked about an interception, and I said under they, that the Chargers wouldn't throw an interception because Herbert has a low percentage of turnover worthy plays, and you go, he hasn't played Talanoa Hufunga. <laughs> yeah. See, that's pretty, that's pretty cut. legit. That's pretty legit. That's pretty legit. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where the turnover came from. That's, that's I love Talanoa Funga. That's great. Love it. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go under on the point five turnovers. All right. Defense. Over or under 
280.5 yards given up total. Over. Over. Where's it going to come from? Cole McCoy. (laughs) 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 James Conner. Gosh. James Conner. I don't see it, man. I no, I'm going under. I'm going. We got a lot of differences this week. This this is a good one. I'm going under on this one. Okay, over or under one and a half TDs against for the defense. Over. So Dude, this Cole this. McCoy offense is a menace. It's so good. <laughs> it's a menace to society. It is. Uh, I'm going under on this. They're not oh, going to get two touchdowns week. this game. This is my week. I mean, okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. Over or under 41.5% third down conversion rate given up? Over. <laughs> over, baby. This is right, by the way, this is right at their season average. So this is an interesting one. Okay. They do have games, though, where they completely let this all up and. Like what if Trace McSorley plays? I'm going to lose big time. It could be Trace McSorley. This is the, the risk I take. Yeah, could be. Um, I almost want to say under just for the sake of argument. I'm going to go over, though. I think that they actually do convert on more than 41.5%. Okay. This one every week is so close. Over or under two and a half seat, uh, sacks for the uh, defense. <laughs> under. Under this under. week. Under. You went over last week and you won because of the backup quarterback. Yeah. Okay, I'll go over then. I'm we'll switch it up. I'll go over, you go under. That's perfect. That's perfect. Right, okay. Okay. Let me let over, me tell under. you my Oh, keep going. Yeah, do it. Go, no, keep no, going. Keep going. Keep going. No, I, when we're it's done, I'm going to talk uh, Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll talk okay. talk big picture about Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray after. Okay. Over or under 0.5 turnovers forced by the defense. Over. I'm going to say over. I feel like the defense is... I don't have to justify this. Over. It's tough because if Colt McCoy plays, I feel like he's going to protect the ball probably. But if it's not Colt McCoy, gosh, this is a crapshoot. I'll go over because fluky things happen. All right. No, say under. Okay. What I wanted to say is I actually think it's possible that the Cardinals are better with Colt McCoy than Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray a lot, but I think they haven't developed him, and he's in a weird kind of gimmicky offense. And he, the, he reminds me so much of Michael Vick when we were kids. Like, overly reliant, a great freaking athlete. Like, underrated as an athlete. This guy is an amazing athlete, but over-reliant on his athleticism. And the way I remember Michael Vick was... He always had a certain degree of success because he was the best athlete in the league, but he played his best ball when he was older in Philly when he w- linked up with Andy Reid and he really learned how to play quarterback. At that like 30-year-old Michael Vick was better than 23-year-old Michael Vick the way I remember it. And I feel like Kyler Murray could become that guy, but right now he's young Michael Vick and I I don't even know like what his process is. At least Colt McCoy is like can go from A to B to C and can kind of like operate that offense the way it's supposed to be. And I don't even think much of that offense. It's it's kind of a high schooly offense. But Kyler needs to go to a real coach and really get developed because he's not it's, he's he's not it's not happening for him in Arizona. The, there's also some validity to the height thing because he does not throw over the middle a lot. No, he very no. rarely throws over the middle, and it's. Frankly, it's because he can't see over the middle. It's there's there's something to that, and so just from a physical limitation standpoint, you know what offense he would be successful in? Mike Shanahan's offense, this not one. Kyle's. Mike Shanahan's. Let's get him, him outside. Out. Jake yeah. Bummer. The yeah, he would crush yeah. it in that offense. He Absolutely really would crush it. Yep, I think he would. So that's why I feel like he's got a future, but in the present. If he doesn't play and Colt McCoy does, that's not necessarily good news for the Niners because the last two times the Niners faced Kyler Murray, they held him to 12 points and 17 points. Mm. Last time the Niners faced Colt McCoy, they gave up 31 with Talanoa on the field, Bosa on the field. So maybe they just didn't take him seriously. The Niners definitely play down to their opponents. They've done it for a while. But uh, I think there might be something to this. And we haven't even talked about Call of Duty. What, you know what I'm saying? That is yeah. – that is. 
That is <laughs> statistical fact. That is proven that this guy doesn't play as well when Call of Duty whatever comes out and it came out. So I don't know. I, I have to. I, so I'm doing the behind enemy lines. Normally I do it right after this show, but this week I'm doing it tomorrow. So, but I'm going on with a a blue, a legit blue check mark, not a bot blue check mark uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. And <laughs> and I've got to ask him if there's any like validity to this whole Call of Duty thing because you hear it as kind of a joke, but then there's like statistics out there that say that it's a. Re- I don't know. I'm curious the, to see what he says about it. The Cardinals put credence into it when they put that homework clause into his contract. I yeah, mean, that that's was kind of true. That was not good. Mike Henry says, uh, "Would it work to switch Burford and McGlinchey? Could McGlinchey play right guard, Burford right tackle?" I actually think. McGlinchey would be worse as a guard. I mean, his problem is he's he too can't for- like his pro- oh. he can't handle power. All of a sudden, he's going to handle defensive tackles. He's six eight. Like it'll be worse. You'd be better off moving him to tight end at this point and making him a blocking tight end. McKivitz or I, Burford could play right tackle. By the way, he might be potentially the future right tackle because he did play that a lot in college. But McGlinchey at guard, I don't think it would work. He's too tall, plays too upright, and I think I think McKibbitts would just be good to throw in it right tackle. <laughs> that might work too. Raymond says Kyler will be a professional gamer on Twitch in two years. Oh, I like it. Is Kurt Bankert a professional gamer on Twitch? Anyway, he just got cut. Sorry, Kurt. He follows me on Twitter, yeah. so we're friends. Yeah, dude, I don't know. This was the funniest exchange I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know if you saw this. So he said, I've been cut by the 49ers. Somebody somebody who's a total a-hole on Twitter that I can't stand literally takes it and goes, what's your source? He goes, me? And the guy responds, oh, okay. What? What do you mean? He's the freaking player. What's your source? Alex Boone was a lot more. It was a lot stronger. Than uh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. Yeah. He was 100%. What you got going on next? Uh, I'm going to be going on. Got another show. I know I got another show. I got to check my calendar. I'm really bad at this. But um, I got another show that I'll be going on. I'm going to throw it on. Um, I'll throw it into my, my YouTube comments so that everybody can come check it out. But I'll be on there in about 10 minutes and uh, another channel. But tomorrow. Behind enemy lines with a real check mark on Twitter. So check that out at Last Second Sports. <laughs> That's dope. Definitely check that out. Thanks for watching, everyone. And definitely make sure you watch, check out uh, Jesse's breakdown of Trent Williams' faux pas. It's a faux pas, Trent, and people notice. Thanks for watching. <laughs>